2: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Go over there and get all of your wrestling news. We had a great team tonight. Jeremy Lambert, Andrew Thompson, Joe Holbert covering Monday Night Raw. Over on FightfulSelect.com, our premium service. I've started to run my blog live. It doesn't go up until the next morning on uh, Fightful.com, but at Tier 2, you can get it uh, a little bit early, as well as several things, interviews, uh, columns, lots of good stuff over there. Go check out FightfulSelect.com so I don't have to plug it anymore. You'll find something you like. We have uh, doubled our subscriber base over the last couple of months. So I want to thank you guys so much for that. Speaking of Select, programming note for this week, no listing your boy on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Jimmy Van is out of the office, so I'll be giving you a free preview of that Fightful Select service with a and a show live. Usually I record them and do them, but uh, considering we're going to make this one free and open to everybody, I've decided to to go live in that time slot. You don't have to subscribe to Fightful Select, but just register an account over at fightfulselect.com or Patreon. You can submit a question right now. Uh lots of good stuff over there. We are joined tonight by Alex Pawlowski. Alex, how are you?
3: Um I'm I'm doing well. They're uh they're motoring towards some some interesting storylines uh for, for Raw. Uh, and and we and we got to see uh, that Dave Batista's security detail consists entirely of extras from John Wick Three, which I did not have, so I'm really excited.
2: I know a lot of you are are watching our show for the first time. We had uh, a tweet kind of blow up today, the uh, Becky Lynch uh, situation. I had posted a friend of mine. Uh, named Matt that uh, I know from my hometown has moved closer to Tennessee, and he teaches an elementary school class. Alex and I wanted to mention this because it's blown up my mentions all day to the point to where Becky actually just responded again. Uh, this girl was uh, in her class coding a website and devoted the website to Becky Lynch, and it was quite frankly really heartwarming and adorable. What what I saw and I saw a, so much of. Myself and anybody else who's been a wrestling fan as a kid in this kid and about how pro wrestling and Becky Lynch in particular gave her confidence, helped her stand up to bullies, uh, taught her to be better, <laughs> better to authority, <laughs> which was <is laughs> kind of funny, kind uh, of the
3: opposite, but okay.
2: Uh, taught her to believe in herself, and I posted it up there, and I, I I get a lot of people that will be like, oh, can you help me meet this person? Can you help me get this autograph? I don't do that. That's not what I can do. That's nothing that that I can make happen. But I was like, all right, I'm verified on Twitter. Maybe I can get Becky Lynch's eyes on this. And she replied and said, that warms my heart too. And Becky Lynch is deep into her character on social media. Mm-hmm. Her character is social media. Yeah. And uh, this girl is like, I want to become a pro wrestler. How about this? I later find out her father actually wrestled in WWE, WCW and TNA. Wow. Yes, he is. He's appeared in all three, which is kind of awesome. Um, and Becky actually just replied and said, tell her, I'll see her in the ring one day. (laughs) Things like that. Sometimes you lose, you lose perspective of who this can often be for. And that kid's life is made. A couple of comments from Becky Lynch that probably took 15 seconds total. This kid is never, ever, ever going to forget that. And, uh. That's pretty cool, man. Like, I don't get starstruck about interviewing people. It's a, it's another day at work. That's just what it is. And most of these people don't want to hear from me if they don't have to because usually it's not a good thing. Yeah. But um, a lot of respect to Becky Lynch. Uh, I'm sure she does this all the time. Right. And I know at meet and greet, she's great, but I got to see this firsthand and I uh, have a lot of respect for her for doing that. Not only just because of her doing that, but quite frankly, she's in the highest profile position that any woman in the history of pro wrestling has ever been in right now. I don't think that can be understated enough.
3: No, it's true. Um, it's um, yeah, that's that's it's it's great where where because you you see a lot of a lot of um, talents when they're uh, further down the card, uh, they interact more with the fans and stuff, and then when they they uh, you know for lack of a, a better term, they start big time in it when they when they get you know to be bigger stars and it's great to see when people who actually don't forget what the struggle was like and and they're still able to connect with their fans even when they become
2: giant stars. Well, you know what I like about this? This is a little He's a, girl who's yeah. like I want to headline WrestleMania one day. There you go. If that isn't a ringing endorsement. Yeah. of a lot of what's been going on on this show and the top programs right. on this show. You have elementary school age girls that are like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, I can well, go and do that.
3: Right. I mean, I'm, I, I uh, <clears throat> you know, my, my daughter is two. And by the time that she is this girl you're talking about's age, who knows what the landscape's going to be like? I mean, is it going to be yeah. some, I mean, right now, um, the, the, the major deal is that, you know, the, the men on the roster outnumber the women by, by a very large yeah. ratio will that be closer to 50 50 by the time, you know, in another 10 years, who knows?
2: Well, I'll say this, based on what I've learned, I was able to speak to her brother who also wants to get involved in the wrestling business. He's, he's, uh, doing a lot of PR related stuff. Her father, as I mentioned, uh, Chris Michaels, who has appeared in TNA, WCW and WWF. That's a solid start. Yeah, <laughs> That's a solid foot in the door. It is. So, uh, a lot of, uh, I just wish the best for her seeing that reaction made my day and, and being able to be a part of that was uh, one of the best things I've ever been able to do covering this. And I hope that I get to cover her wrestling one day. That would be really, mm-hmm. really awesome. But we have Monday night raw to talk about. I, I want your your thoughts in totality. We did this. We did a really long fast lane show last night. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of great reactions to that. People were, were saying that it's one of me, you and Jeff's, best shows. Uh, how, did, how did you feel they followed up?
3: Um, well, it, it, good. I mean, there's, 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 uh, there's more stuff now leading up to where we're going to wind up uh, for, uh, for Mania. As I said, this is as deep into Mania season as I can remember where a whole lot of stuff is kind of up in the air. Um, they did a title change now, uh, tonight, uh, for the IC title. And we'll talk about that. Uh, and now without uh, automatic rematches, we have no idea who's going to be fighting for that IC title come Mania. That's a major, major deal. Um, they're, you're, they're, they've, I, I think, uh, solidified in stone uh, the Roman Reigns program for Mania, which is a major step. Um, we now know that Kurt Angle is wrestling his Latch match for WWE ever at Mania. That's a major thing. Who's it going to be against? We have, probably have some ideas about that. Uh, the tag picture looks like it's pretty much solidified at this point. Um, the, the, the champs are, are taking it you know attacking their number one challengers who stepped up and and showed who the, the real number one challengers are. All that kind of stuff is, 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 is going forward. I wish I mean we, we kind of kind of a surrogate for the top cha- for the top champion decided to show up and, and rekindle an old team. So that's interesting. There's a lot. Listen, I'm I'm usually the guy who craps all over RAW, but I, I can't when they're actually moving all of these storylines forward. That's what I want to see, as opposed to just as as Kristen Ashley wrote, the same thing again but backwards, which is basically what they what they always do.
2: Also, uh, some quite some big news today ahead of yeah. this RAW. Harlem Heat's going in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Harlem Heat. There there aren't a lot of times when I read a headline and I pop. Boy, did I pop. And not just because it got some extra clickety clacks on our Harlem (laughs) Heat lyrics video. uh, Or or making a finisher, which is up now. Stevie Ray talks about the Slapjack and Harlem Heat tag team finishers. I love this tag team. My favorite WCW tag team. Maybe, maybe with the exception of Sting and Luger, but I don't necessarily count them because they were inconsistent. Yeah. I loved Harlem Heat. I do wish that Sherry was going in with them, but you better damn well believe Sherry's getting shouted out in that, that speech. Oh, hell yeah. And guys, if you all ever get a chance to listen to Stevie Ray's podcast, that is a listen. He is great. He is very transparent. He's a very honest man. Alex I'm so happy to see Harlem Heat going in the Hall of Fame.
3: Yeah, I I was a big fan of Harlem Heat too. Um, you know, it, 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 even when they were, you know, uh, I mean, it was a different time, uh early 90s and the way oh, these two large black gentlemen are from Harlem. We're we're we're, we're running shows primarily in the South. Those guys are definitely going to be the heels. But they, they, they were so exciting to watch. It wasn't like, you know, these guys are just jerks. Like, they, they were a lot of fun to watch. Like, it was a, a really cool team to, 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 to follow. Um, and I, I love these guys. I mean, I think it's fantastic that, that they're still Harlem Heat. Um, and, you know, they're, they're going into the, uh, to the Hall of Fame in New York, so it's kind of like close to home even though they're actually from Houston. But that's fine. It's a lot this is listen, I I loved Harlem Heat uh, back in the 90s in WCW. Um uh, it's a, it's kind of great that Booker T came out of that tag team, already got into the Hall of Fame as as um, as the singles wrestler, but um, but let's not forget that he started out without Harlem Heat, there would have been no Booker T. So it's like yeah. right they're actually putting Harlem Heat in there to, to acknowledge that major part that, that created
2: Booker T. One of the things I had realized as, as I got older, I don't know if you ever heard the Chris Rock stand-up about how people would say, oh, Kobe's so cuddly, he's so cuddly, because he's standing next to Shaq all the time. Yeah, exactly. That was Booker T. You yeah. don't realize that the man was so huge because he was standing C. V. next to C.V. Ray. C.V. Ray was a so, massive man. When he was doing Harlem hangovers, it's like, oh, wait, that's real hard to do. And then uh, Stevie Ray told me in an interview, he goes, well, he gave a guy an actual hangover and he had to stop doing the move. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, boy, did this, this was just a good day. A, a day that made me smile uh, as much as any in pro wrestling. Stokely Hathaway got signed by WWE. Yep. Robert Strauss, Robbie E. got signed by WWE. You also have Cal Bloom, uh, son of Wayne Bloom. Man, uh, I'll call Stokely a buddy of mine. He is. I had him run in on the broadcast. Man, there are not many more that deserve it. And uh, I congratulated him, and I said, man, you are going to change the careers of a lot of people. You are going to help the careers of a lot of people. Alex, I was in particular begging for this when the authors of pain were brought up
3: no yeah this is the thing like you know this is the deal is that they're now getting more in the lines of you know leo rush is out there as a quote-unquote hype man um uh they i don't know if they'll ever get around really calling a stokely hathaway somebody's manager but that's what he's gonna be uh and he's gonna he's gonna be great at it he's gonna make the careers of people that he that he that he manages, uh and it's it's gonna be great. They 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 got away from managers like on purpose. They said we're not doing that anymore. And and by signing him you're saying we're doing that again because there's no other reason to sign this guy. And he's gonna be Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. You gotta if Say Matt Riddle retires Brock Lesnar. Who are you going to have to shoot on Matt Riddle if you don't have Stokely on the roster? That's
3: true. That's true. You got to do it. He is the
2: insurance policy. He is. He absolutely is. A lot of people will see the Robbie E signing and go, oh, really? Really? Watch his Robert Strauss character work. Mm -hmm. This is incredible stuff that he did as Robert Strauss. He went complete 180. His gimmick was a social media influencer. It was nothing short of fantastic. I loved it. Really good stuff. We did a bro or no feature with Robbie E where he uh, decided if Zack Ryder, Matt Riddle, Vince Russo, DDP were bros or no. Mm. And there were some that he said no to. Interesting. Uh, I am very, very happy about that. Stokely Hathaway, I, I pointed this out, and this is not a slight on other independent r- workers – MJF and Stokely Hathaway are the two best examples of old school character work blended with modern day technology in order to maximize your potential. One signed by AEW and is stealing the show and being the elite. And the other one is signed by WWE. I couldn't be happier for these two could not be happier for these two. Um, Just awesome stuff. But we, we do have raw to talk about and some stuff happened. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm not going to isolate these videos cause so many happen, but I will do individual quick news clips on these, but, uh, leave us a thumbs up on this video, hit the subscribe button, the shield kickoff raw and what is said to be their farewell address. You buying it, Alex?
3: Well, I don't know, man. We're going to see by the end of the night that they're, they're, uh, they're starting down a pathway of, of, of kind of, you know, um, divide and conquer with these guys now. Um, Listen, I mean, I, I if if something isn't the first, then it's always the last with WWE. Um, so it, it, the the last time was last night, and you know because there was a last match, but I don't know. Uh, I, I I'll I'll never put it past WWE to do something the last time ten times, but um, this felt it felt real. It felt good. I mean, this was this was this was cool. It was nice to see these guys out there together, you know, throwing down bro hugs with each other. It felt like it was close to the end. If it wasn't the end,
2: I'm not going into a blue cheese segue there <laughs> about how good it felt and how real it felt. How you're close to the end. I'm not doing it. I'm gonna keep this show G-rated tonight. All right. <laughs> tonight. All right. Oh, man. Reigns says that if this is it, he's okay with it. He has no regrets. He's on the road to WrestleMania, but he needs to have a one-on-one match first. Reigns and Ambrose leave Rollins in the ring to talk about Brock Lesnar, but he's interrupted by Paul Heyman. Mm -hmm. Rollins and Heyman take turns saying Brock Lesnar's name. That was real weird. That was... (laughs) I didn't need all that. Rollins points out something that I really liked. I love callbacks. And pointing out that Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Daniel Bryan took Brock Lesnar to his limit was a real good touch, Alex. I like that. That is consistency. That is good stuff. Uh, Rollins says it. Got, he has trouble with people my size and stature with quickness and agility. Good stuff. Hey, go ahead. I I, w- I will say I'll give him the agility, but only in the mind of Vince
3: McMahon are, are Finn Balor and Daniel Bryan the same size as Seth Rollins.
2: Like he's, that is a good point.
3: Smaller, but he's good 30 not...
2: pounds difference there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not the same thing. There's, there's, there's a happy medium. I know in Vince's mind, you're either a small guy or a giant guy, but there's a happy medium with several shades of gray in between.
2: So I don't know what a brand split is anymore because Sheldon Benjamin shows up now. Granted Sheldon Benjamin has not been on SmackDown since October. So he is only technically a SmackDown wrestler. He
3: appeared on uh, Mustafa Ali's debut episode on SmackDown to welcome him to the SmackDown roster with a a hearty handshake in the back. He didn't wrestle. He hadn't wrestled for months, but there he was saying, you're okay, you can be here, because I think everyone kind of recognizes him as being one of the old heads who's, you know, maybe a gatekeeper. That's fine. But he went from that, which was very, you know... I won't say babyface, face, but certainly a decent dude to I'm backing up with the worst dude on the roster on a different show. Fine. Cool.
2: I, I got to have some explanation of this. Why is Matt Hardy on Raw? Why is Kevin Owens on Smackdown? Or why is Matt Hardy on Smackdown? Why is Kevin Owens on Smackdown? Maybe have Vince say, hey, you know, we kind of let some contracts lapse during this fan friendly era to see what sticks. I'm OK yep. with that. Just explain it to me.
3: They're, they're going to do their international soup shake following um, WrestleMania. Um, and I think that's the perfect time to say we've been testing people on different brands. Yes. Tonight, that ends. People are drafted to different brands, and that's the way it's going to be from now on. All these people who've been floating the, the new NXT call-ups who are on this brand or that brand, they're all going to a specific one, and they're staying there. But you you can as long as they actually say and they an, acknowledge that they've been playing kind of fast and loose with the whole brand split thing. You know, like somebody said to you on Twitter, all they have to say is that Matt Hardy was traded for Shelton Benjamin. It's yeah. done. Move on. Look how fast that was. Two and a half seconds. But they never take the time to actually just explain something.
2: Yeah, that's all. I, I'm with you. I think the soup shake is a perfect time to do it. I sent a message to somebody in the company, and I said, please, God, make sense of this. Because <laughs> I, I, I've enjoyed the direction of a lot of things and how they close a lot of holes. But there are some glaring ones, man. And if if it doesn't matter to you guys, it's, or if it doesn't matter to them, how are we supposed to care? That's 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 the way that I always take this. Shelton Benjamin got beat by Seth Rollins. This was a solid TV match. Before Monday night, Shelton's last match on Raw was April 09 against Christian. Paul Heyman joins commentary. And I love the idea of Shelton uh-huh. bringing that back and being the opponent. I'm don't. i I'm not trying to compare him to Janetti, but it had a very uh, Marty Janetti faces Kurt Angle before the Shawn michaels Kurt Angle match type mm-hmm. of thing. It had that type of feel to me. It made sense. I liked it. Uh, Heyman says that Shelton isn't a friend of Brock's. He's a trainer, which, dare I say, gives him even more credibility, Alex. Sure,
3: yeah. Um, what, what I loved is that he's basically uh, hitting uh, Seth with all of Brock's moves. Like, I I, I watched Shelton for, for his entire run when he was working with – Chad Gable, uh, uh as the tag team was hitting German suplexes on people. Shelton wasn't. So now Shelton's in there giving Seth a taste of what it's gonna be like, except those uh Germans are gonna be thrown by only what? Uh thirty five, forty pounds on Shelton. So yeah, it felt it felt uh it, I like going back to that that old tag team, the Minnesota stretching crew.
2: Yeah, I like it too. Uh I was Shelton Benjamin was maybe my last favorite pro wrestler. Uh, Shelton did a great step-up apron kick. I think he belongs in matches like this. Anytime that Shelton Benjamin has been put in there with a feature performer on Raw or SmackDown, dating back to his old run, he's always delivered. Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Christian, uh, uh, Triple H. Anytime he's been in that role, He's thrived, and he's done really well. His German suplexes looked really, really great. I, I enjoyed that. Heyman gets a phone call and announces that Lesnar will be at Raw next week. We end this match with a Rana into the turnbuckle, spring, a sling blade, and a springboard clothesline for Rollins, but Shelton goes for the F5. Rollins counters it with the stomp. What a great touch. Seth Rollins picks up the win. Up next, Intercontinental title match. Bobby Lashley defeated P- Finn Bálor to become the new champion again. Bálor encounters Rollins on the ramp, a nice friendly exchange. Lashley applies a vice and Alex, what do we know about a vice?
3: <laughs> uh, it's uh, I I I I don't know, Sean. What do we know about a
2: vice? Nothing can escape a vice. <laughs> nothing is tighter than a vice
3: <laughs> that's true oh but this but we're gonna keep
2: it g-rated i thought i mean excuse me sir <laughs> jesus <laughs> jesus
1: you know I'm i do sorry. like
2: callbacks especially when you don't remember your own <laughs> I <know>. my god <sighs> balor has one of his best drop kicks i think he's ever thrown in this match also, one of his best kicks off the apron. Uh, a bunch of cool stuff happened during the commercial. Barricade slam. Uh, Lashley dropped Balor across the apron. Lashley can't hit the deposit, but he does get snake eyes, and I mean a real good one. Sling blade and a drop kick, but then the bell starts ringing. It's Leo Rush out there. And for you know all the complaining we did about the trajectory of Leo Rush, He's went above and beyond to get back in the good graces of Bobby Lashley. So I think eventually when this split does happen, I think it works because Leo is, Leo is proving himself to Bobby Lashley. I like this. I like the way that they went with it. Bobby Lashley ends up getting the win and Lashley is thrilled. It, it's almost the Miz and his dad moment. <laughs> Bobby Lashley was never proud of Leo Rush until this moment.
3: Yeah, no, I uh yeah, this is this is good. This is good uh for Leo. Uh it's good for Lashley. Um I, I don't know if it's great for Finn. I don't know what the plans are, but with the non-automatic rematch clause, um uh I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what they're what they're gonna do with this year. I'm assuming Finn gets back in the title picture. This is probably one of those multi man matches. Intercontinentals usually All good for that. Matches
2: are multi-man matches, unless it's like Kenny Omega wrestling a blow-up doll.
3: Yeah, it's a, a three or more. Man, there, we uh, se- man uh, there we go. Several man matches. It's one of those several man matches they have at WrestleMania. They usually do that with the Intercontinental title. Maybe this will be the the ladder match. Um, well,
2: there was some frustration last night at Fastlane because a lot of people don't know what they're doing at WrestleMania yet.
3: Yeah, that, well, I mean, we don't, so I'm not surprised no. no, no. they don't.
2: Yeah, oh, okay, well, I was going to say, I mean? like it's, it's straight up, there there were several wrestlers that said, I have no clue what I'm doing at Mania to me.
3: Usually, they like to telegraph that several months out in advance, but they haven't yeah. been doing that yet.
2: Well, let's be fair to them. They didn't know they were having NXT call-ups. They didn't know that Roman Reigns was going to come back quite like he did. I mean, they they knew a little bit earlier. They, they had a feeling, I'll say that, but he yeah. didn't get cleared until until then. Also, I they didn't expect Dean Ambrose to want to hit the bricks. They probably expected the Usos to resign. They didn't expect AJ to rake him over the coals, right. quite frankly. They didn't expect the Kofi Kingston thing to happen. They didn't mm-hmm. expect the Mustafa Ali injury to happen. There yeah. were a lot of things they didn't expect. Also, they can just bring back the damn automatic title rematch if it keeps them from saying there is no automatic title (laughs) rematch 40 times a week. That's true. Ronda Rousey's out, tells the crowd to shove it, and calls them bandwagon bitches. (laughs) For someone who said that she's not following the script anymore, she sure sounded like she was reading from a script, Alex. Yeah. um, Written by Paul Heyman. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I... I, she she hates she hates WWE so much she doesn't want to be here she hates it I wanted to come out and say listen the money is so good you guys uh, I yeah. the, I I I quit and walk away I just leave this stupid worthless belt here in the <laughs> middle of the ring and that way you know it's a shoot <laughs> exactly she, <laughs> she, she'd do it that way um, and I I would walk she would. but but the money they're paying me oh my it's more money than any of you will ever see in your lives Some she should stupid
2: she should thing really like accentuate sarcastically really? all the band terms you fans <laughs>
3: <laughs> the wwe uh, universe <laughs> you're fans you're a crowd come on you know, whatever She oh, could do God. all the things that she wants to do but but i mean i i, I want i want that to be the reason like I know I can beat Charlotte and Becky, no problem. So I'm going to go in there. I'm going to beat them. And the money I'm going to make off of that match is going to be so great. I can retire, you know, something like that. But, but the, otherwise, what I, I don't know is why you're even here and doing this. Rhonda, if you hate being here so much.
2: Yeah. She calls Becky and Charlotte fake or jokes and throws down the mic. Dana Brooke is out next in very good shape. Says that she has nothing to lose and she's tired of Rhonda's venom. Outside of that lame-ass line, uh, Dana Brooke talked about how she didn't want Ronda Rousey to disrespect the locker room, never got her chance, and screamed at Ronda. Got her ass kicked real proper. Yeah. Real proper. And Rousey slapped a ref. I had a lot of people saying, well, it should have been somebody else. And I'm thinking, well, it doesn't work if it's somebody else because everybody else pretty much gets their chance. Ronda's beat up Mickey. Ronda's beat up... She can't beat up Ember right now. Yeah. Alexa is doing her own thing. I thought Dana was the perfect person for this. It Dana cut a pretty solid promo, I thought.
3: And and she works because she's the person who you never see on TV. She's never been given a chance. And she loves this business so much that she has a, a, an incredible respect for it. And And that's the opposite of... Rhonda, who was given every opportunity and every leg up and every chance because they wanted to push her, and make her this giant star, and she she is completely ungrateful for it. It's the opposite of that is Dana Brooke. However, when Dana Brooke came out, I was like, "Oh, Dana, honey, no, this is not going to end well for you." You know, yeah. like, it was and it didn't. It was exactly what I thought was going to happen. But credit to her to come out and say, "Like, I'm going to speak up for the women's locker room who you've been disrespecting ever since you've been here." I think that you know that shows you know uh, something people, people can relate to. Unfortunately, they can also relate to the fact that she got dumped directly on her head in that Piper's
2: Pit. Oh, yeah. Guys, if you all don't mind, head over to Fightful.com. Click that exclusives tab. I have an interview up with Adam Hangman Page talking AEW. What ring size he prefers, what, what he hopes they go with. Uh, Brandon Howard Thurston did an analysis of George Berrios, the co-president of WWE. His defense of WWE's Declining popularity metrics. This is very interesting. He talks about how minutes watched is their gauge of popularity these days. Every week I post the Fightful Wrestling Weekly. It has about a thousand words worth of exclusives, things that didn't fit into articles, maybe behind the scenes stuff. And I uh, post those early for Fightful Select Tier 2 subscribers. I have an interview with uh, Magnum TA about the Crockett Cup. We talked to Jeff Hughes ahead of his UFC debut about his love of WCW. I have interviews up with Shane Helms, lots of stuff, lots of exclusives there all the time.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat.
2: And, of course, subscribe to Fightful Select. We also have that resources section. I know a lot of you see articles where other websites post injury uh, report update lists and contract update lists. They take it from us. They, quite frankly, usually copy and paste our list right over to their site. Myself, Andrew, Jeremy, we're updating that oftentimes three or four times a day. So uh, keep your eye out on that as well. That's something I cover every week on Fightful Select on our podcast as well. So after the Ronda Rousey beatdown, by the way, she slapped the ref real good too. That was was pretty solid. Aleister Black and Ricochet defeated Rude and Gable. I like these these fast-paced, breakneck speed tag team matches. They can't always be like this. This one needed to be a bit bit longer. We're not getting those matches that on my rating scale, Alex, would hit 6 out of 10 much anymore. But dare I say it's made for more digestible programming. Yeah.
3: Um, th- this is, th- I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with this. I, th- I think this is interesting. It's like the way that these particular teams wrestle, like if you wanted, if that's the sort of trying to tell that, um, if, if, if you have, uh, the B team in there with the Ascension, are they going to wrestle these breakneck sprint, um, uh, you know, giant spot for giant spot matches? Uh, probably not, but these guys, they're they're countering into counters and all this kind of stuff because they, they're they incredibly athletic, um, great tag teams, great individual performers, and have scouted the other teams because they're also technically proficient. That's a story I can believe among the, in the revival, Alistair and uh, and Ricochet and Rudin Re- Gable. I can believe that, and I think that that's fine in, the, in these matches. I, I, I like what I saw tonight between these two. I like that Alistair and Ricochet put a stamp on it and said, we're the top challengers. And, and Root and Gable got our, a strong third compared to the B team, but they're definitely a distant third compared to the second place team.
2: Bobby Root is so good as a tag team wrestler. He really, really is. And, and, you know, I hate to highlight that because I, quite frankly, I'm just not as interested in him as a singles guy, but there is nothing wrong with being an amazing tag team wrestler. And yep. he is legitimately one of the best ever in pro wrestling history at being a tag team wrestler. Yeah. And he's been able to do it with a lot of different guys. Yeah. And that is that isn't easy to be able yeah. to transition. Okay, Team Canada, let's have at it. James Storm, sure. Uh, Chad Gable, yeah, sure. Anybody, he makes it work so well. His, even his solo offense looks better. The backbreaker, the spine yeah. buster, yeah. looked great. He and Gable do the assisted moonsault, loved it. Rudin Gable hit the German blockbuster. Scary spot. Fireman's carry knee hits for ricochet. Black mass from Alistair. They get the win. You know how they say your character in wrestling should be yourself turned up to 11? Ricochet's is him turned down to like one and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Paducah, Kentucky's own ricochet. Dreaming big. (laughs) that ain't ricochet no (laughs) and that is not ricochet to anybody who has ever known him i do not know him but i know a lot of people who do that is not him
3: no it's the story they want to tell with that um i'm i'm i always because because i you know because i'm a cynic and i'm jaded i often i often wonder watching this thing if if the 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 end game for these guys getting called up permanently after mania probably going to be on Raw, is for them to hold the tag titles for a while and then split off. And because Alistair's the dark and brooding one with, with you know, you know, he's going to be the one who's the heel and he and Ricochet are going to be, you know, split up, the tag is going to split up and Ricochet is going to be super white meat baby face. But you can have him have some edge and not be like, man, growing up in Paducah, Kentucky, ah, I never thought I'd even be here. Like, that's just a little... A few minutes before me. he
2: does a 6.30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, what of those things?
3: I wake up every day and I think, golly gee, Rick, you're so lucky to be here. Like, no, that's not a thing. I don't, you can give him a little bit more edge.
2: Yes, uh, the Revival attack on the ramp, I like that. Helped get them over too. Yeah, well, this,
3: the other thing is that at the end of the match at Fastlane, like, I felt like Alistair Black and Ricochet were kind of sore losers. Like, they lost and they decided to attack everybody. I'm like oh okay good for you but like and also we didn't tasha mentioned this last night that six thirty that ricochet landed on dash was not the normal like continued somersault where he lands on his shoulders and keeps going that was all but directly <laughs> into dash's guts i'm like the fact he doesn't have a couple of cracked ribs is a miracle
2: butts to guts that's, yep. that's how you do it guys uh reminder, if you donate a Super Chat on YouTube during our live show, we will answer your question. A moment of bliss. Alexa Bliss puts over her scoops about the WrestleMania host. Yep. Alexa Bliss turning into the Scoop Lord. I don't like it. <laughs> she mentions Kim Kardashian, The Rock, New Day. And it's Alexa who is the host. She chant or the crowd chants, yes, they like it. Yeah, sure. She's not wrestling these days. Let her be the host. I don't care. Yeah, I
3: mean... what I mean, at this point, though, the, the the other thing is, what would she be doing otherwise in in the women's battle royal? Okay, this is a much high, more high profile spot for her. I think that I think that where she's going to wind up going is more along the lines of of twenty um, five percent in ring performer and seventy five percent other stuff that keeps her on TV all the time. You know, I, I think that's fine. I mean, we also, I don't know if you saw the uh, the video of her training with Quackenbush. Of course I did. Like, she's incredibly athletic and still really good in the ring. And if you're not going to let her do that, you're not going to, like, if the, if you're going to wind up saying that anytime you're in the ring, Alexa, you have to cower in fear and cheat. As opposed to really be athletic and fun to watch. Then I'd, I'd, I'd rather see her do stuff on the mic as opposed to just being the same one note
2: chicken shit heel. To be quite honest with you. From a singles perspective, what hasn't she done? Right, exactly. You know, she's she's missing the elusive ten out of ten match, something like that. Don't know that she's ever getting that. No disrespect to her. Right. Eventually, she can have a tag run. That's a that's a thing I do. I real really love about the tag division. Yes, freshens people up. But yeah. though, I'll put it like this: because there were some people who were like, "Oh, why why not have her in a match? She can be in the battle royal any year. She can yeah. be in the battle royal this year still. Still." But look at New Day. What were they going to do during that WrestleMania where they hosted? I don't know. But forever, they're going to be involved in that Hardy Boys return clip where they they bring the Hardy Boys out. They move out of the way for the Hardys. Uh And you'll remember, hey, those guys hosted WrestleMania. That's not something you can do in a year. I mean, quite frankly, if she just asks, can I be in that Battle royal? They're going to say, yeah, sure, why the hell not? We'll open up a spot for somebody else. Why not? Yeah, No no big deal. Braun Strowman's backstage being asked about Colin Jost. He's then (laughs) told that his new car is waiting outside. Colin Jost has sent him a car, which they are using to market a toy. Hey, good, smart, smart business. I like it. But uh, he tears this thing apart. That's what Braun does. I'm okay with that, but... Does Braun even get a WrestleMania match at this point?
3: Uh, it, he won't be booked in it before the event, but during the event, they will have he will he will have a match versus Colin Jost. It'll be either him versus the two weekend upgate guys, him versus Jost with Shay and Jost's corner, or um, it's me and Michael versus you and any partner you can find. And his his mystery partner will be Nicholas. And Nicholas will get the pin on Colin Jost. And that's how they're going to tell the story two years in a row with Braun Strowman being a kid's tag team partner, because that's the best they could think of to do with this incredibly
2: like massive. He was the guy at one point, Alex.
3: He was absolutely. He was the guy. guy. And they said, Nope, we'd rather you be a comedy sideshow.
2: He was the guy. Uh, I do love that Braun tore it up because it was too small for him. The I car. That's
3: that, that's fine. It was, I, I love that they were like, well, here we may, we the, Troy, the toy is this convertible. It's red with a black hood. Somebody find us an actual car that looks like the toy so that we can market the toy with this video of him tearing up an actual car. Like, it's very cynical, but hey, it's going to sell toys. I mean, sure. It's,
2: uh, yeah. Look at the top of our show. It's. To be yeah. market to. Sure. Lacey Evans comes out, whispers something, announce team, and hits the bricks. Elias gets a great reaction because they're in, in their hometown or in his hometown. I love the Antonio Brown reference. Sure. It was so topical. It was so perfect to be there. And he's interrupted by No Way Jose. I don't know what's going on with No Way Jose's hair, but he got his ass whipped. Yeah. Boy, did he get his ass whipped. This was the male equivalent to what Dana Brooke did earlier, yeah. minus the promo.
3: Right. Well, because, I mean, him in a conga line is basically his promo, which yes. is, you know, th- that's it. Um, it's one of those deals where, um, you know, like Shelton Benjamin, I felt like when he showed up, the crowd was like, do I know who this person is? Because, you know, like if you haven't been watching for months, you're like, oh, oh, that's Shelton Benjamin. Why is Shelton Benjamin here? And with this, it's like, I don't know last time No Way Jose like, did something real on a Raw and supposed to like, conga line through the backstage area maybe once or twice in the past few months. So it's one of those deals where people are like, who is that? Is that No Way Jose? What did No Way Jose do to his hair? Like, There's no, there's no reaction because most of the reaction is just thought bubbles of question marks above people's heads.
2: I, I tuned in and watched the watch-along last night that Pat McAfee ran, and Uh they had Christian was there, the Iconics were there, EC3, even Sam Roberts. They do literally everybody a disservice down to Sam Roberts Hmm. based on the lines that they feed these people. Oh, are they feeding them lines, too, in the back? No, 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 no. I mean, in general. It shines through how likable so many of these people are on the watch along. Like, even Sam Roberts, and I love his interviews, but, man... And I get it. He's supposed to be a douche on these three these right. shows. Whatever. <clears throat> Natalia versus Nia Jax did not happen. Nia and Tamina encountered Lacey on the ramp, but I loved Natalia not just getting the people over she needed to, but Ronda Rousey too, saying, I didn't quite know Ronda Rousey the way that I thought I did, and right. I don't trust her anymore. Right. The way I look at it, seven people got over in this segment, and right. I like that. And it was a match that didn't need to happen, and it didn't happen. She brings out an absolutely yoked I, Beth Phoenix.
3: I I, I, only, like, it was one of
2: those things where I didn't clock that's
3: who it was. Because I was just looking at shoulders.
2: Can, can we get Jeff Hawkins on the line? <laughs> Homeboy, what do you know about a physical prime? What it, What do you know about it? Because Beth Phoenix just whipped out the guns for you, Jeff. Oh, man. She said, Jeff Hawkins says, what? I'm not in my physical prime. Let me show him.
3: Yeah. um, She looked amazing. Those deltoids were something, man. Good God.
2: God. Like, (laughs) man. Let me look like that at 37. Let me look like that at 33. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) This match doesn't last. Beth Phoenix comes in and clears house. Naya and Tamina run off, but they are welcomed in Gorilla by an ass beaten from Sasha yep. and Bailey. I like this. It took us out of the ringside area. Yep. One segment uh, went into the next, into the next. Uh, Rhonda got over because she was put over on the promo. Natalia and Beth got over. Beth got over by just not wearing sleeves. Uh, mm hmm. Tamina and Nia got over because everybody hates them. And you see that everybody hates them. Bailey and Sasha got over. I liked it.
3: Yeah, this is, this is good. Um, I I particularly loved uh, Fit Finley in the corner using every last strength he had to hold 75 pounds, Sasha Banks back. I think that was a really good little, little way to sell that about how angry she is at uh, Nia and Tamina. I like that a lot. Uh, This is one of those segments that, oh, I guess now we know what the program is for Mania. It feels it feels to me like we're getting a, a uh, several team match uh, for, for the women's titles uh, at Mania. I don't know if they add a fourth team, uh, but it looks like it's probably going to be Sasha and Bayley versus Tamina and Nia versus Natalia and Beth. Maybe you add the Iconics and you can, you can add a SmackDown team in there as well?
2: I would have liked if it were Raw, SmackDown, a legend team. Divas yep. of Doom count, yeah, and uh, an NXT team. I would have yep. liked the uh, Io Shirai and Kyrie in there. Uh, you know, I, I, you could have probably done Absolution. That would have probably been your best bet. But they, I don't know what's happening on SmackDown. Triple H comes out in street clothes. You don't see that much these days.
3: No, no, no. See, here's the thing. Uh when, when, when Triple H decides to to forego the suit and brings out the leather jacket and tapes the fists, you know some shit is going down. Like, that's, that's where the, he's... He, the, the, the costume designer allows you to know wh- what kind of Triple H you're going to see in that particular yeah. segment.
2: Batista, on the other hand, is wearing his DiBiase jacket without the dollar signs. <laughs> with well-dressed indie scum security. Batista said that he learned from the dirtiest Triple H and flair, and he wants things on his terms, and he wants something. Triple H calls Batista a nose ring model. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Triple H was on fire. He was. He said, (laughs) he called Dave's security the guardians of the independent scene. That was a phenomenal line. That's good. That's good. For those of you who don't know, the independent wrestlers do all the security work. Fun inside line there. Neat stuff. But then it wasn't so neat when they're like, no, yes. No, yes. (laughs) You call me Dragon.
3: Just the idea of, you give me what I want. Oh, you want me to give you what you want? I want you to give me what I want. Well, I'm not going to give you what you want.
2: You better give me what I want. You got to call me Nighthawk. (laughs) You got to call me Dragon. I will never call him Dad. Uh, Well, basically, it's career versus career at WrestleMania. No holds barred. I can get behind that. I'm going to enjoy that. I like it. I want to see Dave Batista. I don't want it to be his last match, to be honest with you, yeah. because I like yeah. Batista.
3: I, I, I kind of wanted wanted his match mania to be one at, uh, for which I could root for Dave Batista mm-hmm. because I've, I've, I've come to really enjoy his work as a Hollywood star, and I wanted to be like, okay, well, you know, like I like this guy when I see him on screen. I want to also like him when I'm watching him in WWE, but I guess I'm not allowed to according to this particular program they're building.
2: Also, if I were WWE, by the way, Batista's 50 now. I would 100% try to put on The Rock versus Batista. Yeah. I, oh, I don't yeah. know how you don't. I mean, it is two giant Hollywood stars against yeah. one another. Yeah. That has the, the potential of being one of the best, or the biggest marquee matches in WrestleMania history. I, I would jump all over that. I, I, I would do that. I, I like this this segment, All Things Considered. I'm going to... I'm going to enjoy the match as well. I'm sure. Kurt Angle comes out, announces he's going to wrestle in his farewell match at WrestleMania, but says that he's going to have one last match here in Pittsburgh. Got a great reaction for that. His opponent is Apollo. Angle gets a nice belly to belly suplex. Cruz hits his signature spots. Cruz misses a frog splash. Angle wins with an Olympic slam. Now, a lot of people saying, oh, it needs to be a young guy facing Angle. There's, there's nothing to talk about in this match, besides the fact that Angle got blown up in three minutes, which brings me, to, brings me to my next point. People saying, oh, it needs to be a young guy to get the rub, and I'm thinking, what rub, huh? I don't know. He's been beaten. He's Baron Corbin's beaten him every week. It's a perceived
3: rub. Yeah. The, 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 perce- the perception is the guy that retires Kurt Angle – will get something out of having done well, that.
2: Well, let me tell you, Robert Kraft will let you know that perceived rubs from old guys doesn't exact don't exactly work out in, in <sighs> the best at some points. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just need to back up and do the logical thing. Yeah. Angle versus Cena would be a solid one. I the, agree.
3: The 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 poetry of it is perfect. <clears throat> Cena's first match in WWE was versus Kurt Angle. If Angle's last match in WWE is versus John Cena, that's full circle. There's, you, you you can't ask for anything better than that.
2: You know what? I wouldn't hate if they're doing all this brand jumpiness. You get a Samoa Joe involved somehow. Samoa Joe, one of one of Kurt Angle's greatest opponents ever. Sure. I mean,
3: if that's the case, I don't want Joe to have the U.S. title anymore.
2: Well, I, I, I kind of do because I can't think of two more. Two bigger representations of that title than Kurt Angle and well, if if, John Kurt, if
3: Kurt Angle is wrestling his last match, mm-hmm. it should not be for a title because if he wins the match, that's a good then point. Yeah, keep, you got to keep wrestling. So good if you're point. gonna if you're gonna insert Samoa Joe, you find a way to get that title on somebody else. No automatic rematch clause anymore. <laughs> So therefore, Samoa Joe could get involved in this in this. You had a triple threat between Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, and, and and John Cena, no title involved, just three veterans of our sport, you know, going at it one last time. I wouldn't hate that at all. And it allows you to have Andrade versus Mysterio versus maybe Mustafa for yeah. for the, the US title. Can you imagine that match? Like there's also- all sorts of things you could do with this.
2: WWE is not above having someone win the title and vacate it the next night. I mean,
3: they, they they certainly are not.
2: They've done it a million times. They they did it with Bret Hart winning the U S title. They did it with Vince McMahon winning the world title. Nicholas at last year's WrestleMania, even edge (laughs) via retirement, won a title match and had to hang it up. Uh, we we've seen it a lot, a lot angle raises Apollo's hand after the match. Roman Reigns is set to face Baron Corbin. But Drew McIntyre attacks him. Hits a series of claymores. This was a one-night rebuild of Drew McIntyre, which we are going to get into. But let's talk about the beatdown first. A couple of good claymores. Roman Reigns sold this so well. Yep. He sold it like he just got back from battling cancer and got his ass kicked by a guy who could kick his ass. He masterful job. Right,
3: not only that, but I love the idea of because I mean, he, he took he took a few shots in that match um, last night in that in that uh, six man tag, but not like he did with those claymores tonight. So I love the idea of this is my first time getting my bell rung in six months, and whoa, I did not miss that, um, you know, and also the pride of you know I don't I know. We're not. He's not checking me out out here in front of everybody. I liked that a lot too. Um, you know, there's also the thing of I just got back from this cancer thing. I'm not getting taken out by a concussion for a month. Like all, all that is all there. And I also loved the way that Seth Rollins was was there with him and and taking like listen, no, no, no. Trust me, we we got to get you checked out, man. Because I mean, there's like some real some real concern. There was a lot of overlap there of Seth embodying. The way he felt when, when Roman had to go away with cancer of of that that concern coming back up again in Seth Rollins, I I loved all of this masterful work all around.
2: Everybody just did so good. Baron Corbin did great by not showing up. That yep. was also very awesome. Some
3: of his best work
2: ever. <laughs> Ambrose did great. Oh, that
3: <laughs> I will. I, I want to talk about this this moment where he turns around at the door because Seth goes in there with Roman. He turns around the door and he, and he finds, finds Triple H. And he says, I want Drew McIntyre. He lays out all the stipulations, falls count anywhere, <laughs> no holds bar, all that stuff. And, and Trips is like, absolutely. There is, there is a trope in war movies or uh, I, I find a lot, because I used to love watching those uh, medieval like uh, battle movies um, of the best friend of the hero in the big final battle gets taken out and dies on, on the battlefield it, with with you know the the hero holding his head in his hands and the best friend always says, been like win this war for me like there's that there's that trope in those old kind of movies that always you know gets me right here I've I've always loved that kind of thing and the idea that it, that if you were going to tell a story how can we get Roman Reigns as as upset and crazy and as much of an avenging angel as possible to go into a mania match versus a Drew McIntyre that has no title on the line because it doesn't need one what's the perfect way to get to an absolute fever pitch for that match you have Drew take out Ambrose a couple of weeks before mania so Ambrose isn't going to be a part of that you have you have him unexpectedly take out Ambrose and the reason he does is because Ambrose begs for the match because because Ambrose wants to avenge his buddy Roman, it's it's all for certain. Like I talk about good storytelling, it's almost Shakespearean. I I mean I I loved all of this setup. If they're doing what I think they're doing, and next week or over the next couple of days, they talk about how 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 Dean he's done, like he can't he, he's you know like he's he's in, he's taken to a medical center or whatever, and he you know he's got a concussion at whatever. They could do a lot of stuff with the dramatics of it to keep to push. Roman toward that final place, I think it's perfect.
2: The match happens. I didn't necessarily love the content of the match, but I did love what it accomplished. Right, right. This was a one-night angle that made a guy that they had nerfed by having him get beat up by a guy who's on hiatus a lot. Yes, yes.
3: And here's the other thing that I I, I love about this. I'm watching this and I'm going, well, see, you, you can do this if you want. You can rebuild these people that you've that you've systematically deflated. So that's what gives me give me hope that eventually they can do this over the course of a week or two with a Braun Strowman or whoever. Like they, they did this with Drew McIntyre tonight. Like I've always I've been saying that he feels like the second most important guy in a stable that's led by Baron Corbin. Not anymore. Not yeah. anymore. Drew is the guy now. Like he's the guy to take out Roman. You make me believe that he can do it when he's doing stuff like he did tonight.
2: Yeah. And I feel like Drew can even say, I let Dolph Ziggler drag me down even after we were sure teammates because boy, did that not help him. And I get it. I know what Dolph Ziggler has said to Vince. He's like, if I don't beat anybody, then what is it when they beat me? Dolph should have never, ever, ever beat Drew. No. Dolph was a vehicle to get Drew over. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, uh, Drew taunts Ambrose by saying Rain squealed when he got beat up. They brawl up to the press box. Drew slings Ambrose into the wall. There's a suplex on the floor. Ambrose gets hit with stairs. A bunch of cool stuff happens during the commercial break. Ambrose hits Drew right in the penis. Yep. It's been a while. Drew's head gets smashed into a water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Then there was a terrible spot where Ambrose pushed McIntyre on the cart, which actually got covered up by bad production. They missed it. And then Corey Graves is like, don't think you got all of that one. I'm like, watch the monitor. (laughs) Just watch the monitor. Yeah. Then Drew hits Ambrose right in the penis. Throws him into the LED boards with snake eyes. McIntyre uses a pencil to the eye. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's
3: a good one. I like that one.
2: Ambrose's head is trapped in the railing and we get another what I'd call a gooden. Yeah. Now this one only made it up to about par for me on the on my initial ratings. As I look back at this, I love the finish and I loved what it accomplished, so I'll push that up a little bit. But that claymore was one of the best.
3: That that claymore uh, with his head stuck in the railing and the like, th- there's nowhere for it to go because a lot of it is like you. If you roll with something like that, if you allow it to like propel you and you fall with it, that's fine. But if you've got nowhere to go and it's just that guy's foot and your head has nowhere to travel to, woof. Um, I also just love that he that I mean, obviously this was all set up ahead of time, but I love that the the force of the claymore knocked the railing off the stairs off its mount. That was really good too, man.
2: That was raw. They they made Drew McIntyre, they crowned a new champion, they set up a retirement two retirement matches for WrestleMania.
3: Well, not only that, did you did you, did you see the end where where somehow Ambrose staggers up. up to All fours and Drew's like, "Well, now I got to give you another one." Full force right in the middle of the face. Like, I'm I'm waiting for the what happened after Raw? Uh, you know, YouTube video. So they can show that, you know, like it's Seth comes out and tries to help Dean to his feet and Dean stumbles everywhere. There's a lot of cool extra stuff that can come out of this as well.
2: Well, you guys can see all that stuff at fightfulwrestling.com. Go over there guys. Uh, I love what we have done with this website. We don't give you two line articles. We post updates after raw. We post them in the morning. We post them in the evening for the shorter stuff and we give you articles full of substance. Andrew Thompson and J- uh, Jeremy Lambert do a great job helping me out there. They are just an impeccable, great news team. Over on the boxing side, Carlos Toro rocks. We have David Tees on the MMA side. James Lynch bringing you exclusive interviews. It is incredible. Uh, the Division Podcast, our women's wrestling podcast, from Kristen Ashley dropped this weekend. Check that out. Over on Select this week, Fightful Report Podcast. NXT two hundred five live UK review. Warren Hayes uh, does that one. Go check that out. Stephen Jensen with the Weekender. Alex, you'll be back here tomorrow.
3: I will. Uh, I mean, if 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 SmackDown does as much uh, to advance all the storylines heading into Mania as Raw did tonight, we're in yeah. for a jam-packed two hours.
2: Guys, hit the bell on uh, YouTube. A lot of people saying that they don't get notified when we go live. Hit that bell; you will get notified. Each time we go live, I want to thank all of you who uh, helped make that little girl's day that, that I mentioned at the top of the show. That was just awesome. That made my day. That is one of my favorite things to ever happen in this line of work. And I want to thank all of you all who retweeted it, who liked it, who commented on it. That made me so happy Uh, making somebody else that happy or having a part of it uh, just was the best. So thank you guys so much. Leave us a thumbs up. Fightful.
1: Say goodbye.